then. Um, what were you supposed to bring? I told you that Levi bought all of that kind of stuff, I think. I think we have a lot of stuff. A mic set up and everything? Mm-hmm. I think. I'm so are you going to start a podcast too? No, I'm going to bring it to you and uh-huh. just keep talking until you don't need me anymore. And then you teach me how to do it. No way. <laughs> I would love to do podcasts and then just continue to like. Well, that's, that's what my friend does. So mm-hmm. he does, he has it and his sister is his co what do you call that coast whatever 80 80 probably 90 percent of them involve her but every once in a while he does it by himself they're like she's not there she can't make it and they're never as good without her ah what do they talk about everything they're nutrition though so nutrition is the the main thing yes but he's this over bodybuilder so they talk a lot about that too interesting recovery so how was your is it going right now? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you see how it's like, I just want it to be natural, you yeah, know? Yeah, I know. So, okay, I want to know about your 75-day challenge, how you found out about it, and not only what you've gained from it, but in a physical sense, but mm-hmm. also, like, just what you learned about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how did it come about? So, do you follow the MFCEO project? No. What is it? So, that's... Um, can we use explicit on here? Sure. Okay, you have to mark it like that. I don't care. Okay. I don't know. Um, Honestly, I want this podcast to be anything. You know? Okay. No subject. I just, I find you interesting. Just like I find a lot of people from the gym interesting. <laughs> and my goal is just to talk to as many people as possible because I just want to learn about what people are into, um, um, what fascinates them, you know? Mm hmm. Um, so the motherfucker, it's the motherfucking CEO project. Okay. Andy Frisella is okay. the guy. Have you ever heard of First Form? First Warm? Form. First Form, yeah. It's okay. like a Supplements. nutrition company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the owner. Okay. So he has a podcast and his podcast is for entrepreneurs. It's for people that um, are trying to build a business, want to build a business, um, want to do more with their life. And it was his way of giving back. So he doesn't, it's not sponsored. He won't take sponsorships for it. It's his podcast because he doesn't want to be swayed one way or the other. Yeah. And he started this, I want to say in March is when he started 75 hard for himself. Cause did he, was, he make up this challenge himself? Pretty much. And okay. it was for him because he had recognized that he was doing a bunch of really good things and how many things it entails to be a great person. Like it's not just your mind. Um, it's not just your health. It's not just your soul. Like it's all these things, right? And so he came up with 75 hard and he started the challenge. Um, and it's this, the, all the components are, you have to follow a diet. He doesn't specify what that is. So that's whatever your diet is for you. And I think for him, it's staying in a certain calorie amount and no cheat meals. For me, it was macros. Mm-hmm. Um, no alcohol. You have to work out two for two 45 minute workouts a day one has to be outside so this morning i was walking in the rain you're still doing it yes we'll talk about that later there's different phases it's called the live hard program Ah, it's a year okay 75 hard is the first part okay the entry fee the entry fee yes yes so um so follow diet no alcohol two workouts a day drink a gallon of water every day every day nothing mixed in so your pre-workout doesn't count your electrolytes don't count carbonated water doesn't count it's one gallon of water okay um i'm getting confused because the part i'm doing now has more facets to it um oh gosh 
Isn't that sad? So, oh, read 10 pages a day? Mm-hmm. Has to be a physical book. Okay. So no audiobooks. Um, he's never said no Kindles. Uh, some people do add a Kindle. When he tells me a physical book, I, I buy physical books and read them. And I like to do I'm a touch, read, feel mm-hmm. girl. So I, I liked that aspect of it. Um, I am drawing blank. Hold on, let me look. Why? What book, while you looked that up, what book did you decide to read? Oh, I've read lots of books. Wow. Like seven. And it was 10 pages a day? 10 pages a day. But I'm assuming you've read seven books, so you did more than that, huh? Well, I mean, you think about it. Some books some books are tiny and yeah. some are big. And I was, um, I'm the girl that uh, I would do a big book and then I would intentionally find a small book to read next because that's how my brain works. Okay. I don't want to get stuck in a big book all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's how, oh, take a progress pick every day. Okay. That was the other one. I like to forget that one. Um, <laughs> anyway, so follow a diet, two 45-minute workouts, take a progress pick, gallon of water, 10 pages of reading, no alcohol. Okay. Um, I can tell you the books that I read too. I would love to know. It. Um, <laughs> so I started with boundaries because I recognized very quickly in my life that I don't set boundaries very well. Okay. I don't set them. And I don't accept them very well either. Mm. Um, and I love it because it's not just negative boundaries. There's po- Did, Does that make sense? Yeah. When people think boundaries, they think, you know, like the whole just say no or what. No, like there's, there's other things. And it's helped me with my kids. So crossing the line of like my older kid, I'm always on him about, do you have a girlfriend yet? Mm. This not, well, that, I'm crossing the line. That's not... That's a boundary I shouldn't cross. If it he puts wants... undue pressure on him. If he doesn't want a girlfriend, he shouldn't have to have a girlfriend. And if he wants to talk about it, he'll talk to you yes. about it. Yes. So, um, it was a really good book. I, I had tried reading it twice before. Oh, what is that book called? Boundaries. Oh, okay. So, you essentially were able to take from that how to set boundaries, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's the one I started with. Okay. Um, other bound... For example, I am also was the, the girl that always had to be involved so every time I was invited somewhere I never said no ah. and then I've started to learn that I need to say no and somewhat, that was kind of my mantra through 75 hard I say no so that I can say yes somewhat like FOMO right you don't yes. want to miss out on certain things yes but then you get spread too thin spread too thin it doesn't mean as much it's not quality time uh-huh. I'm not with the people I want to be around I have some friends like that who will say yes to every occasion, but then end up not showing up because they've said yes to so many occasions, they get lost up. They yes. get lost in their own yeses. Yes. Yes. So that literally every day I had a my words of affirmation for 75 days, I wrote it down every day. I say no so that I can say yes. Ah, interesting. Yes. And it kind of cemented into your mm-hmm. into your mind. Yes. Yes. So what what are some other books that you read? Um, the second one was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. How was that? So that one was hard. Okay. I heard really good things about it. And to tell you the truth, the beginning of it was hard because it was just him saying the same thing over and over. Not real, a lot of implementation. Okay. The end was better because I was able to combine it with the, the boundaries. And that's where I started seeing that I do a lot of things, um because that I don't give a fuck about, that I shouldn't give a fuck about, but I do, but I mm-hmm. do them anyway. And started, 
it kind of basically says find the important things in your life yeah. and focus on them. Get rid of the insignificant the negative, stuff. Yep. And it's not even have to be negative. Okay. If it don't mean anything to you, There's if no I point, think it's right? important for you and you don't think it's important for you, then you shouldn't do it. I've heard um, a quote by um, a guy that I, he's like one of my mentors, mm -hmm. but I saw his quote recently and I've heard it before, but just re-cementing it in my own mind that you want to surround yourself by or allow your time to be consumed by the people, the things, like the ideas that make you better mm -hmm. and only that Yes, because everything else is just going to hold you back. And it's lost time. Basically, yes. uh, the opportunity time. Yes. That, and, and I'm telling you, this Boundaries book was really good. It's a book that I don't give away because I have so many highlights in it. Mm. Um, or I don't let people borrow because there's, I have too much in it right now. Eventually, I will because I'm that girl that, like, you're going to use it and maybe my notes will help you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one of the things I learned probably 10 years ago. And I, and I actually, I don't want to say I lost a good friend, but one of my best friends growing up, we, I basically lost touch with her because she had become an energy robber to me. Ah. Everything was about her. Okay. I was always trying to fix her and I couldn't, she wasn't changing and I couldn't change the way I dealt with it. Mm -hmm. So I just had to cut it off. And it was good, it's I'm good, assuming. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yes. And she's thriving now, I think. I mean, you know, you see social media now. And that's fine. You know what fascinates me is a lot of people don't understand when they get cut off that they believe that it's your way of like kicking them mm -hmm. while they're down or whatnot. Or you're trying to put them down by saying, I need to step away from this. Rather than seeing as... Um, we're just not vibing and helping each other grow. Yes. And a lot of people become resentful. Yes. Which is very interesting. Like if I'm not helping somebody grow and they tell me, hey, I need to step away, I need to be able to have my ego not be a part of it and understand that they're just trying to make themselves better. Just like I'm trying to make myself better. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very interesting. Yes. And not take it personal. Exactly. Just because someone lets you go doesn't mean you need to go reevaluate your life. Mm -hmm. You're just not good for them. Mm -hmm. But I would want to reevaluate. I personally would want to reevaluate me. Yes. How you can be better. How I could be better. And better in that friendship. Yes. But I don't, I shouldn't have to just because we weren't a good fit. Yes. So. Were you always um, into reading before this challenge? No. Okay. So, okay. So, here's the thing. I'm a... I always get it wrong. I'm a nonfiction girl. Okay. Right? You like stories. Real things. Oh, nonfiction. Excuse me. Okay. Right? Yeah. Real things. Mm -hmm. I don't do the Harry Potter world. Mm -hmm. I don't, my kids do. I have never read Harry Potter. I can't. I don't do Zombieland. I don't. Whoa, watch, whoa, whoa. I don't Hold do on. Wait GOT. I don't do any of that because it doesn't. For me, it's not real. So my head, it, I can't go there. Like okay. it just, I'm not, I look, I have tried and tried and tried and I'm just looking at the, TV when my son's trying to watch it and I'm like, ain't no zombie gonna chase after me when I go outside. You know how many times I've prayed for a zombie apocalypse? Oh my god. <laughs> we need some excitement, <laughs> you know? Well, you know, go downtown San Antonio. Some, <laughs> that's that's real zombie land there. It might be a zombie there. land down there. 
But no, so I've always been a self-help since I've known. I mean, the things I went through in my younger days, which probably a whole different podcast, I have always found in reading books something to help me. Yeah. Um, so I've always, when I read, I read about nutrition or I read about mindset or I read about self-development, things like that. But consistently, no. So the last book okay. I had read before this before I started this was probably the same book I had been trying to read for the last year. What and book now is that? I'm on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm on my seventh book now. Hell yeah. That's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. I've definitely, as I've gotten older, I've come to realize the benefits and the, um, what is the word? The value in books. Because you're essentially taking somebody's mind and their ideas and thoughts and using it to grow everything in your own mind. Yes. And what you have to learn is that in all of these books, I keep pointing to my phone like people can see it. In all of these books that you read, you're going to read 300 pages and there's going to be one line in there that you take from that book. Mm-hmm. But that's all you need. Yep. And I take one thing from, you know, if I can get one thing from one book, it was worth the read. And I have a spiral that I keep and in the spiral I have the... Every time I start a new book, I write the book down so I know where I got the quote from or where, whatever. Anything that resonates with me, I write it down. And some days I have two pages worth of notes. Mm-hmm. Some days I have nothing. Mm-hmm. But I write it down so that it's easy for me to go back when I'm thinking of something like, oh, I got that out of that book. I know I wrote it down. I can go see where it is real quickly and get it. So I'm curious. So you did the 75-day challenge. Mm-hmm. You completed all 75 days. Mm-hmm. That was the other rule that's important to talk about. That you have to restart, right? You have to do every task on the list every single day consecutively for 75 days. If you miss one task, you default back to day one and start over. And you never missed. I never missed. Holy shit. Yes. That's commitment. Yes. It was non-negotiable. The day I started, I I waited until in my head it was non-negotiable. Yeah. If I would have said, I'm going to give this a shot, I never would have made it. Hmm. You said, this is what I have to do. I'm doing it. And that's... This is what I'm doing. Yeah. So everything else, like this, this becomes priority. So if I'm a dumbass and it's midnight and I haven't done my second walk and it's pouring down rain outside... I need to go outside and walk. I'm going to go outside and walk because I said I was going to do this. Yeah. That is, I think, one of the keys to becoming um, successful. Essentially, if you have like a dream, you just need to become a robot and you're essentially a computer telling this meat body that we have Mm -hmm. this is what needs to be done so do it yes but people let their emotions get involved yes and that's a big issue and i've had so many people that have come up to me intrigued they want to do it well i don't have time i'm too busy it's just not a priority and i might it's not a priority but here's the other thing one of the things about 75 hard is you find the time you actually don't find time. You find all the time you're wasting. Yes. And I tell people, I did not watch one minute of TV during 75 Hard still to this day. Unless the TV's on in the background because my kids are watching football or the news is on because my husband's at home. I've never sat down and watched anything. Um, my list was what was important to me. Yep. I also had less social media time. Um, you know, you think about all the time we sit there scrolling and tap, double tapping and commenting. Like I just, I just had less time. So I've literally stayed off of social media. I was on it cause I have to be for my job, mm-hmm. 
but not near as involved as I was. That's good. So with these last 75 days, how far has it been since you finished? I finished um, on October the 7th. So it's been, what, about a month? It's a month, exactly. Oh, it is. Today is the 8th. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a month. What would you say? Like, I'm assuming you know how much you've grown in these past 75 Mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. How does that compare to the last couple of years? Exponential growth? Um... Exponential growth in places that I was resistant to growing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a morning person. Okay. Um, it is very clear across the board, any successful entrepreneur that you talk to, morning routine is key. Morning routine to you may be waking up at 7 a.m. Morning routine to someone else may be waking up at 9 a.m., but you keep the same morning routine. You get the most important stuff done in the morning. It's when we're focused the most. Um, for me, I was waking up at like 6.55, waking my kids up at 7. It's crazy chaotic once they're up, getting them out the door. And then my day started, so I wasn't getting anything done in the morning. Mm. Just ca- starting my day in chaos. And so unfortunately for me to move forward, I had to take the leap. And so I started doing 6 a.m. wake-up call. I got that under my belt. I, that's not enough time. I wasn't getting what I needed done. I got a lot more done. So I started 5.45, 5.30. Oh, now my wow. alarm goes off at 5. Wow. And so getting that down, I mean, I literally wake up and I can get so much work done in those two hours. It's quiet. No one's interrupting me. I get a little so I get meditation done now every 10, day, 10 minutes every day. Like, So the biggest thing for me is growth there. Okay. And actually getting stuff done. Because there's a lot of stuff. You ever have something you know you need to do? You literally have to get up and just do it. And you're so your mind is so resistant to it that your next thing you know, it's four hours later and you still haven't done it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Happens all the time. I don't understand it. I don't understand why I can be so resistant to something. And um, so the 5 a.m. wake up has been big. You know what I think a lot of it is, is we are... Ah, this might not be the the right way to put it, but we're scared to become what we believe we can become Mm -hmm. so it's like we see ourselves a certain way and it's like i want to be this hardworking person but it's scary Mm -hmm. and so we kind of shed back the small things Mm -hmm. and skip the small things that are eventually going to make up the big i have to read this quote to you because i i actually put it in here and um it's always hard for me to find because i don't know how to save stuff in here. (laughs) Like which folder is it in? But this was on a podcast or in a book, something, and it talked about self-sabotage because I think that's what's happening Mm -hmm. when we do that. And it's when frustrations and failure is familiar, which that's what it is. We're Mm -hmm. familiar with it. You will recreate it without even knowing you're doing it. Subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Subconscious mind is a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to um, think about what we don't realize we're doing but in the background, it's all happening. Yes. And our, our brain's controlling yes. all of it. And I think, too, because I have a business coach, and one of the things he talks about, too, is that sometimes we're resistant to growth because when we step up to that next level and I'm successful, that now means... More is asked of you. I have to go up here. Ah, okay. And you know that the work's going to get harder, and you know things are going to get tougher. And so if we just stay resistant and we stay down here, we don't have to... Yeah. 
level up. People love comfort mm-hmm. and comfort. Growth doesn't come from comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing you mentioned, um, how you've been waking up earlier, feeling more productive. I've actually gotten to that point. I mean, I'm not there yet. I haven't done 75 days worth. Um, or I wouldn't say enough to build a full habit. Mm-hmm. But doing the coaching now, waking up. Oh, you have to get up early. I wake up at 4.50 every morning. And not every, but four. I've been doing four days a week. Right. Um, usually my wake up time was like 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. But then even waking up at 8 was hard. Right. But now waking up at 4.50, I'm like, I get up. Like, look at my phone, which I shouldn't do. I want to start my mornings um, proactively rather than reactive. Mm-hmm. I heard it on a podcast uh, a couple days ago. Um, there's a guy named Justin Wren. Mm-hmm. He's a heavyweight fighter. And um, he does a bunch of charity work. And he builds wells in the Congo for the pygmies. It's like a tribe there. And he says that when he gets up in the morning, he doesn't look at his phone. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at your phone, you're reacting to the things that are on your phone rather than being proactive and starting the day proactively. Yes. So that's something I need to work on. And when I talk about a morning routine, 100% of the morning routines that I have read about, no electronics. Yeah, that's something I need to work on for sure. But I'm definitely getting the waking up early part mm-hmm. down. And I love it. I like get up 4.50, um, get ready, go coach. I'm back by 6.40. Mm-hmm. And then by 6.40 and, and by 7.30, I, so I, like, I study from 6.40 to 7.30 and I feel so accomplished mm-hmm. already by 7.30, whereas I wouldn't hit, have even gotten up by that time right. previously. Yep. But I owe that to the fact that I started coaching mm-hmm. and seeing the 5.30 a.m. classes, I'm like, I don't want to take it. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, you need to fucking take those classes mm-hmm. because you're not going to grow unless you do. Yep. So I kind of forced myself. Even though I didn't want to, I said, either you're going to do this or you're going to get fired. Right. So do this and it's going to help you grow. <laughs> and that's been tremendous. Yep. And I always tell people, you don't start at 5 a.m. If, if I was waking up at 7, why would I start at 5 a.m.? That's miserable. That's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Start 15 minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. Little chunks. Little chunks. Master that 15 minutes. And then what it came down to is like, I wrote down everything that I wanted to get done and realized, okay, I've got to make it to 5 a.m. And there's some days that I'm rolling out at 5.30, you know what I'm saying? Especially if I get a late start, late bedtime the night before. Um, And I allow myself to sleep to 7 on the weekends. But I'm still trying to get up and do the same morning routine on Mm, the weekends. Yeah. Um, the book I'm reading now, it's called The 5 a.m. Club. So heard, I, I think you, I've heard about it. Well, I told you about it the other day. It reads like a, it reads like a story. Oh, that's novel. right. That's right. So it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he, he talks about part-time commitment will get you part-time results. So if you only want to do this Monday through Friday, that's fine. But you're only going to get Monday through Friday results. Yeah. Like, don't expect your full potential if you do that. So I was like, well, okay. Normally on the weekends, I would sleep till 9. Mm-hmm. So sleep until 7 is still progress. You know something too is like being up and getting done by 6.40 and then I have already studied by 7.30. Mm-hmm. Feeling like I've already got something done and been productive so early, I feel so driven to be even more productive for the rest of the day. Yes. So it's kind of like that snowball effect where you get stuff done you're like, damn, I need to get more done because look how much more time I have. Mm-hmm. Andy Frisella talks about it all the time. He has an entire podcast um, on mastering your day. And he talks about, he had, talks about power list. So you get up early, 
but you also have a power list. And so with his power list, you have um, tasks you need to get done every day. So for me during 75 Hard, it was those six tasks. But then you have, um, what is the, uh, core, the core power list? And those move you forward in your endeavor. So like mm. for me, for my, for my business or whatever. And that is your number one goal. That is the first thing you do in the morning. You eat mm-hmm. the ugly frog first. You get everything else done. He's like, and if you're done at 10 a.m., you're done. Go golfing. Yep. Go lay down and take a nap. Yep. Go do whatever you want to do. You're done. Like, you don't it. feel like you need to make a list that's 15 miles long so that you're busy, busy, busy because that's busy. Yeah. That's not doing work. So he's like, get your power list done. And then if you want to go jack around, go jack around. That reminds me of, um, have you heard of the book 4-Hour Workweek? Mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss? Yep. I need to read that. You read it? No. Well, so I I have read it, and I used to have it, and I don't have it anymore. I don't. I think it got moved to half price books in a move or something. Ah, I gotcha. Yes, because there was also the four hour workout or the four hour something. The four hour something to do with your body. Four hour work week. He's got quite a few of them. Yeah, but we had them all based on four hours. Mm -hmm. Ah. Mm Mhm. So, um, what else? Like physical. How do you feel? Physical, I feel amazing. Um, I don't know if you saw my post I yesterday. I did, I did, I did. So I intentionally, so I have Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune, so I have hypothyroidism, Okay. but mine is caused by an autoimmune disease, so where my body basically attacks my thyroid. So I can't just fix that. Like I had the gene, my dad, I think I got it from my dad, um, the autoimmune gene, his w- resulted in Parkinson's. Mine expressed itself through my thyroid okay um found out i had that 10 years ago so going into 75 hard that's probably the thing that pushed it off the longest because the two workouts a day the um just the time commitment i was worried that it was going to be so much stress that it was going to um hinder my progress with my thyroid make things worse you know me staying up too late or not you know eating in a deficit for too long because that's one of the things andy says is that this is not a physical challenge. This is mental fortitude. It's developing grit. It's developing an entrepreneurial spirit. It's mm-hmm. doing the little things even when you don't want to fucking do them. Mm-hmm. That is what this program is about. However, if you follow the program and you do it the way it's supposed to be done, you will have physical results. Yeah. Um, so I got lab work done before I started and okay. I thought, well, let's just see what my body does when I push it. And got my lab work back last week and I've had better lab results than I've had uh, together as a whole. Not one thing was off the charts. Everything, so everything was good. Everything basically. was good. But on top of that, I had my third lab reading for my autoimmune disease that came in under a certain value. And because it's been under that value now for nine months, they consider me in remission for the autoimmune side. Holy of shit. Yes. So, so this, that, this challenge basically changed the course of your life. Yes. It's so it, health wise, it finished it off. Like it was something that I had been working. I've been working on this for 10 years and it proved one that my body could do more than I was giving it credit for. Now I monitored it. I have a coach. I made sure that I was doing the things I needed to do to take care of that side of things. But my body did fine with it. It did. So people keep asking me like, well, what are you going to do when you're done? Like, and I'm like, no, I'm not done. Like, I'm in remission. I gotta, I gotta keep it there. So I gotta keep going. I gotta yeah. keep making sure I take care Don't of myself. Don't let off the gas. Don't let off the gas. Don't let off the gas. 
Okay, do you think, I don't know if this is the case, because I don't, people are different, everybody's different. Mm -hmm. Do you think that a lot of times, um, you knowing about the potential autoimmune disease that you have, or Mm -hmm. anything wrong with you, actually makes it worse? Because I know people who are completely normal, Mm -hmm. or at least they seem normal, then they go to the doctor and find out that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it all falls apart right when they find out because right. mentally they're sick. Right. Whereas, not mentally, excuse me, physically. Mm-hmm. Whereas mentally they were fine. Right. Do you think that you knowing could have potentially held you back because you used that as mm-hmm. like a. No, I, I knew because there was something wrong. Okay. Yeah, so I found out because something was wrong. It took me seven years to get a diagnosis. Ah. And that was hard because I had so many doctors tell me, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. And I was like, no, I'm not fine. You didn't feel fine. This is not right. Something's not right with me. Um, But I also know people that have nothing wrong with them. And in their head, everything is bad. That blows me away. Than I've ever, than I've ever thought about being. Yeah. That blows me away. It's really sad to see. Mm -hmm. It's very sad. But that's, I mean, aside from that, that was badass that it's now in remission. Yeah, it's in remission. I love, so that's great. And then physically, like body-wise, like I have worked out for 10 years. I've done CrossFit and my body's never looked like it's looked right Heck now. yeah. So I'm happy. That's good. I'm happy. should be more than happy. Yes, I'm happy. So um, how did you get into, well, the 75 hard happened. How did you get into nutrition? So obviously, that is now the course that your life is taking. Mm-hmm. Um, you are coaching people mm-hmm. on how to be nutritionally intelligent, mm-hmm. um, how to stick to their game plan. What brought that about, and what made you so driven towards helping others? Um, so it all ties together. Ten years ago, actually, in two thousand nine, I found CrossFit. Okay. Um, the same CrossFit that we go to now, just different owner. Um, at the time, he was pretty much by himself. He didn't really have, like, he had a couple of coaches, and they were really into the CrossFit coaching. Um, no sooner did I start CrossFit, I got pregnant. Okay. Okay. And that's when I started experiencing symptoms. Started getting sick. Something wasn't right. Uh, at the end, I was still CrossFitting. At the end of my pregnancy, we had a paleo challenge. And I actually joined the paleo challenge because I was so sick that I thought maybe if I change the way I eat right now, I'll get better. Real quick, can you remind me, paleo is like what, eating clean, like chicken, vegetables, things from the earth? Yeah, it's like meat, um, veggies, fruits, nuts, seeds. Okay. That's it. Okay. Um, And so I joined that challenge, and I did, I felt better. And I was like, okay. Um, Not long after I had Zachary, my littlest one, um, is when I started seeking out doctors like something's wrong something's wrong we figured out I had a thyroid problem and then it took years for them to diagnose me with Hashimoto's okay so in that process I kind of started running the challenges at the box there just wasn't anyone to do it nutritional challenge nutrition challenge yeah didn't really know anything and then I started my body started changing like I started healing my body and Mm. figuring some stuff out and testing payloads. I mean, I think I got down to 126 pounds. I mean, I was, and I'm 150, so imagine 25 more pounds off of me. Um, it worked very well. All of it worked very well. 
And so I just got really interested in how I could adjust what I eat and see a change in the mirror, a change in performance. Um, It kind of got extreme to where I would be, for certain looking back, I never was diagnosed with this, but looking back I had orthorexia, which is um, basically an addiction to clean eating. Mm, okay. So you, I would never eat a real pizza, or you were one of those, yeah, and, who blots their pizza. No, I didn't yeah, even eat it at all. You didn't eat it at all, uh-huh. and if you did, I judged you for it. Uh-huh. Like you're gonna die. Like what are you doing? <laughs> and so it was bad. And then one day, I remember waking up, and I was so sad because I didn't even eat the cake at my kid's birthday, and I didn't participate. And I was like, okay, this isn't working for me. Like I can't. I'm not going to be that person. And so I had to start changing the way I thought. And so I just started digging and digging. And I came across a group on Facebook and I joined that group. Um, it was the Eat to Perform group at the time. And they, through them, I learned a different way of eating, which was just more inclusive. And mm-hmm. it gave me food freedom. And it took away food restriction. Mm-hmm. But I had to walk a fine line because mentally I needed that. Physically, physiologically, I had to be careful with what I put in my body because I had an autoimmune disease. Uh-huh. So then I started walking that fine line of, I don't want to be super strict to where I'm judgmental and I can't have anything, but how much of this can I have and not inhibit my progress? Mm-hmm. So anyway, long story short, I just, I went all in. Like I, every class I could take, every certification I could take, I wanted to learn more. And um, I started practicing on my friends at the gym. Anyone that would let me do a nutrition plan for them, like I did it for them. Your own little science my experiments. Own, yes, I was just anyone, yeah. anyone, please let me. Um, then I started doing the challenges. I became the nutrition person at the box and that went on for years. And about five years ago is when I actually started charging. Um, three years ago, I was like, I think I wanna do this full time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is my calling. And it got real uncomfortable. Um, I am a believer, so I'm a Christian. And it got real uncomfortable for me because I felt like I had a calling and that God was tugging on me. And at this point, I was being disobedient. Like, I wasn't listening to what he was, the direction he was pulling me. And you think the direction he was pulling you was not nutrition? No, I believe it was. Okay. It was nutrition. Oh, I see what you're saying. And I was over here, but I'm scared. And I'm going to, I've had this job. I worked at my job for 20 years. College degree, worked at the same job for 20 years. I made really good money. And he's over here saying, you know, I felt this tug from him. I prayed about it, prayed about it. And every time I pray about it, there would be confirmation of belief. Mm-hmm. I'd pray, confirmation of belief. Like he'd send me another client. He'd send, you know what it's like. Yeah. And so I finally sat down with my husband and I was like, okay, I know this is hard to say, but I feel like I need to take the next step. And I knew the next step meant less money because, uh-huh. you know, you have to, as Dave Ramsey always says, you want to pull the boat as close to the dock before you jump off. And so we were ready for that point. And so I knew it was going to be time and it was going to be tiring, but I had to do it. So for three years ago, we decided to do it. So I started pulling the the boat closer to the dock and I was working 40 hours a week and I was taking nutrition clients to get prepared, to get prepared because I needed to build this side so I could hop off. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, it finally got to where it was a lot. And two years ago in November, my mom had an aneurysm and she lived 
Um, but when she had that aneurysm, I literally had no choice but to step away from my job. Um, took care of her for two months, used all my PTO, uh, came back to work, still knew I wanted to do this, still had my nutrition clients, and it was very clear right then what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gave my boss, like it had been my job for 20 years. I mm-hmm. gave her, started telling her, and she's been my biggest supporter, just so you know. My boss in my previous job, probably my number one supporter this entire time. Amazing. And um, I said, we have to transition out of this. I was like, I don't know how. And she's like, well, if you want to go part-time, let's go part-time. So I went part-time. Um, and then like six months later, my grandmother passed away. So now I'm taking care of my mom, trying to get her to my grandma, like doing all, and it just, that was in July or August of last year. And I just called my boss and I said, can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. It's time. And so last September I crossed over, gave my notice and went full time. So about a year and two months. Mm -hmm. And how's it been? It's good. It's up and down. Uh-huh. It's great. I had my first full year of first, first full year of really high months, first year full year of really low months. Um, I had hired a business coach. That has been really, really good for me. Um, no, it's good. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning that I can't, that I am not for everybody and everybody's not for me. Mm-hmm. That's a hard lesson to learn in business. Um, I'm learning that I am, I've, I undervalue my service. That's a hard lesson in business. Um, but I'm building and I'm moving in the direction I want to move in. Absolutely. And so I can't complain. You've really jumped into the life of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. The ups, the downs. Mm-hmm. Wondering if you're going to make it. Wondering mm-hmm. if this is the right move. And every day, every day, I ask myself, like, is this... Oh, yeah. I'm tired. Oh, yeah. And you get lonely. Oh yeah. You get real lonely. You have to say no a lot and you're not with your friends as much. And that's, probably two months ago I had one of those, a really, really lonely month. And it was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore, Mm -hmm. but you just keep going. But with that, my assumption is that you've learned more about yourself and the strength that you have mentally through this entrepreneurial experience. Yes. Because I feel like separating yourself from outside influences which um, consists of a lot of your friends, Mm -hmm. allows you to take a step back and look at what you want and go for it. Because I feel like a lot of times, the people that people surround themselves with hold them back from what they want because of judgment. And I have great friends, and all my friends are very supportive. Mm -hmm. I have, I mean, they're just very supportive, but the things that I need to do in my business, I can't, I have to, I have to find that time somewhere. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and then it's like, okay, here's all my business time. Well, the next ne- most important thing is my husband and then it's my children. So it just leaves such little time yeah. outside of that. And so I want to make sure that little time is quality. Yeah. And that's, that's really what I've had to. But what we can hope for is that our friends understand that we're doing this yes. to grow. Not because we hate them, not because we don't yes. want to hang out with them. Yes. And most of them, I, like I said, I have that core group that call and check on me. Hey, yeah. haven't seen you. Hey, can we do lunch? Can you? And they know I am a time blocker on my schedule to yes. a fault. You've learned that. Yep. And so they know, 
it's not out of, I'm, I don't love them. I love them, but not like I have to have you on my schedule because yeah. if, it, if I don't, I'll put someone else there because I will forget. Yep. So like, just get on my schedule. That's something I started doing, like putting things in my schedule on my phone mm-hmm. and in a planner changed the game. Yes. Big time. Yes. And like wanting to fill up my time because if I don't, then I'm going to be sitting on my phone, you know, yes. twiddling my thumbs, yes. doing nothing. Biggest words of advice I can tell you please is when you're doing that you have to put on your phone time for you because I got into time blocking last year okay and the next thing I knew it was all work Mm. and I that's when I ran myself into a it was a problem so even when I'm putting things into my phone as far as productive things put some time in for me as well yeah which could be two hours at the gym yeah goofing off with JR you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like that's super important oh yeah super important for me it got to where I literally would get through my day and it was all time blocked. And I was like, I need to go to bed, but I need to take a shower. And so there for a while, I literally had to time block a shower <laughs> so that it wouldn't take me at my sleep time. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it was, it was, and I never went without a shower, but you know what uh-huh. I'm saying? Like it got to a point where I was like, this is too much. And so now I time block my lunch every day because if I don't, guess who doesn't eat? The nutrition coach. Ah. And I won't. Yeah. Um, so I time block it all. Ah, there was something I was gonna say about the whole entrepreneurial thing. Have you ever been like beside making that leap? Had you ever been previously entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, um, like driven? Um. Like like growing up, did you ever want to own a business? Okay, did you ever- so let me give you background on that. My my grandfather was the largest chicken farmer in the county I grew up in. Had his own business. My dad dabbled in many businesses. Wasn't the best businessman. Didn't make the best decisions financially, but always had really good ideas. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, just could never follow through with them. And then my mom and stepdad were in the oil field. Okay. And so... I grew up with people that had their own businesses and I watched that. Um, but no one that ever was able to follow it through to the end to create like a legacy, a successful, a successful long-term business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I grew up around it, obviously. Um, never for us, it was just, we were hard workers. Like, from the time I had a job, Julian, I had three jobs. You know, I was a teen mom, so I had to get a job. Yeah. And I worked at the local clay company, and I also worked at Walmart on the weekends because I had to make ends meet. And then I went to college, and I had, you know, a job in college. And then when I graduated and I got my first real job with a degree, I did that. And then I did contracting work on the side to earn extra money. Mm-hmm. That's always how I've done it. It's just... Um, remind me of... Because I need to talk to you about the business coach thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot earlier. But um, where did you grow up? Gonzales. How far is that from here? Hour and 20. So we're about 45 minutes north of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And that is 45 minutes, about about 45 from downtown. Yeah. What you say? Mm-hmm. Where is that in relation to here? Okay. You know, we're 183. East or west? Oh, no. North? I'm a left-right girl and I don't know that from here. <laughs> so, yeah, up, I, down. Yeah. Up, down. That way. Um do you know where the Bucky's is on I-10 in Leeming? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 14 minutes from that. 
If you take oh, okay. 183 and keep going, you go. Okay. You know, come and take it. In between Austin and New Braunfels. Yes. So that's where the Bucky's is, right? Yes. Yes. Is that the one you're talking about? No. That's not the that Bucky's. The one in Luling between San Antonio and Austin, off of I-10. There's yes. The Loves and the Big Bucky. It's the original yeah. Bucky. Okay. The original Bucky's. You pass. You pass New Braunfels, don't you? And yeah, you from go, here, you go New Braunfels, you get. Oh, I'm thinking 10. of the San Marcos one. There's one in San Marcos. No. No. There's one in New Braunfels. Okay, I'm thinking of that one. No. If you go through, if you go take 46 all the way to Seguin. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. I know where that is. Go, get on 10 like you're going to Houston. Okay. And then you'll exit. There's a Gonzales. Ah, uh, gotcha. Right there. Ah, uh, okay. Do you know where Palmetto State Park is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's Gonzales County. I think I've been there. Yeah. Uh, My buddy came. So that Bucky's that sits right there on that corner, 14 minutes from there. For anybody that doesn't know, Bucky's is the greatest. <laughs> The best gas station in all of Texas. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds crazy. Like, okay, when I first moved here, so I had some friends that I grew up with in California um, up until we were about... These are great guys. Dylan and Ryan Lee. Freaking, I grew up playing baseball Little League with them. Grew up down the street every single day in front of my house. Either we're playing football, we're playing wiffle ball. When they were around 12 or 13, they moved here. Mm-hmm. And then they moved to Lake Travis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three years ago, I moved here. And then I was able to reconnect with them. And my buddy Dylan, uh, I was driving to Waco to go visit them. And he was like, hey, by the way, stop by Bucky's." And I'm like, what? What is that? And he's like, it's the best gas station in Texas. I'm like, the hell? <laughs> you guys rate gas stations in Texas? Yes, you know, because everything's like, bigger in Texas. It, it, because in California, it's just like a gas station, a convenience store. Yes, but if this you're is lucky like, if there's a convenience store yes. in California. Mm-hmm. It's like a little snack shop. Yes. And here you go in, you could buy coolers, you could buy jerky, you can get fresh sandwiches. Outfit, yes, boots, outfit, everything. Cowboy hat. Blew me away. Blew <laughs> me away. I I'll literally like if I'm driving. And I don't even need gas. Like I'll just stop to like yes. get food, hang out. Like. <laughs> yes. Best turkey tenderloins you'll ever have. Oh my god, their pulled pork sandwich. It's good. Yes. But um, Bucky's is great. But going back to what I was saying, um, the business coach. Mm-hmm. Something that has always I didn't understand until recently was the value of knowledge, mm-hmm. and it. Another thing, like I've kind of moved less away from buying things for myself that are going to make me seem cooler mm-hmm. to things that will actually grow me mentally yeah. and help me foster these ideas that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I've bought in the past year or so, I bought like three different courses on different things that I'm interested in. And they're like, you know, three, $400 courses. Mm-hmm. But it's a huge investment and it's well worth the money. Yes. Like. Getting a mentor, a lot of people think like, oh, three hundred dollars. You're gonna pay three hundred dollars to watch some YouTube videos, or you know, but it's like you're, you're basically, people are paying five thousand dollars for college. Yes. But then, if they want to really get into something, they're gonna pay five hundred for a course. Yes. And learn from somebody who does it, yes. rather than from somebody who is reading a book on how to do it. Here's what I always tell people. You go to college to acquire the knowledge. You, you get a base knowledge of 
your field or whatever. So I took nutrition courses that taught me anatomy and physiology and I learn about hormones and I understand, um, I understand the science. I understand I can tell you based on your height, weight, age, how much calories you should be eating. Mm-hmm. When I hired my business coach, he's also a nutrition coach, but he also knows the business side. He taught me how to apply that knowledge. Mm-hmm. He your business me, coach. Yes. How to, how to application is key. If you Absolutely. can't apply what you know, and sometimes we're our worst, our own worst enemy. We think, well, why do I need to teach that? Everyone knows that. No, they don't. Yep. Like, and so he taught me how to apply things um, in an effective way. One of my favorite quotes, um, and I've repeated it multiple times, is, you know the saying, knowledge is power? Mm-hmm. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is the potential mm-hmm. for power. Mm-hmm. Knowledge only becomes power when that knowledge is put into a plan of action and that action is carried out through mm-hmm. the end. And that's, it's accountability. So my coach, not only, he makes me set the bar higher because mm-hmm. again, we're our own worst enemies and we'll set the bar here. He's going to make me, he sees my full potential. Yeah. He sets it higher and then we have weekly calls and he holds my hand to the fire. Yep. And, and he helps me set action steps. And when it's too much, he helps me dial it back. When it's time to move to the next step, he gives me clear, direct focus on what I need to be doing that week. You know what I think more people need? But they, like we were talking about earlier, about letting your emotions get involved. A lot of people don't like to hear their faults because they feel like they're being, uh, quote unquote, roasted or, Mm -hmm. you know, shit is being talked on them. My 12 year old, roasted. Yeah, but it's like, if it's really hurting you, then my assumption is there's some truth to it. Mm -hmm. So accept it, you know? So I like to, like, JR. If I'm doing something wrong, he'll give me shit for it. Mm-hmm. And I can't take it personal. No. Because he is seeing the potential in me that I may not be seeing in yes. myself. Yes. And for the most part, I know he's, a gr- he, he's been a great dude to me. Even though we go back and forth, you know. We try to talk crap on each other. Mm-hmm. But deep down, we're trying to push each other yes. to be the best we can be. And so a lot of times, you know, people can't take that criticism. But we need people who are going to call us out on our own mm-hmm. shit. Because a lot of times... People are afraid to call themselves out on their own shit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's huge. It's big. And it's, I mean, <laughs> I would say if you get in front of my coach, he's going to make you cry. I have seen him break men down. I mean, it is insane. But you have to go there. You have to hit oh, yeah. rock bottom. You have to, those are things that we hide. And a lot of it comes from our childhood. That's a whole nother podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, we have to... I don't think most people's parents didn't mean to put those limitations in us, but they do. And that's what they learned. And it's what they, the way they parented us is how they were parented. And yes. we just, and so a lot of times I, I was, I laugh and I was like, I'm just reparenting myself at 43. Yes. I'm re, you know, and I try not to put those limits on my own kids, but a lot of the stuff that we, when we limit ourselves, it's because it's a learned limit. And I'm assuming you reparenting yourself has allowed you to become a much better parent to your kids. I'm trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm working on. I'm not a parent. Yes. I have a dog. You have a dog. But I do have a little brother. Yes. And every time I communicate with him, I try... There are times when I will communicate ineffectively mm-hmm. as far as I let my emotions 
come into play. But once it's over, if I fucked up, Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to tell him I apologize. I'm sorry for the way I acted. I'm still trying to learn how to communicate with you effectively Mm -hmm. because that's not something that I've been taught, you know? And so, and that's another thing. I've come to learn that it is okay to be wrong. But it's not okay to be wrong and to deny it. Right. You know? Yes. So I've accepted that I'm wrong. I've accepted that I'm, you know, I have faults. And so that's a big thing is like if I mess up with the way I communicate with him, I tell him I'm still trying to learn how to communicate. I'm still trying to learn how to handle. And what a lesson for him. Because now he says, oh, when I'm wrong, it's okay to admit it. And it's okay to apologize. And it's okay to fix it. Yeah. So many times, like I remember growing up. Like, if you were wrong, like, you got a whipping. Or if you were wrong, you were just bad-mouthed or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no fixing it. Mm-hmm. And so, I had trouble. With, like, I didn't like to admit when I was wrong. Yeah. And that's, uh, same here. It, same here. It was, uh, yeah. That was a big problem. Growing up, like, going through high school, I was always right. Mm-hmm. Always. And if I was wrong... I was still right. You know what I yes. mean? And I wouldn't accept the fact that I was wrong because it hurt my ego. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the books I read, it's called Emotional Intelligence. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. It's basically about understanding that um, your emotions carry a lot of weight in your actions, You know, your subconscious, the way you see things. And so I've been able to, or at least I'm working on, taking a step back from my emotions um, kind of separating myself from my ego because my ego is literally what controls everything. <laughs> it's crazy. And I've gotten to the point where I try to... I have tried to become an observer of life mm-hmm. rather than somebody who is taking part. I try to just take a step back and observe. So like, if I'm talking to somebody and they have certain beliefs that I don't agree with, mm-hmm. I'm observing right. that character and I know it sounds kind of weird, right? But I am essentially a character who is playing this role. Right. And I am just observing what's going on within that character's life. Right. And it's helped me, um, you know, stay away from conflicts. It has helped me not get into arguments or um, be judgmental. Right. Because... Everybody has lived a different life, and I have no idea what they've lived. So any beliefs that I have are going to be completely different than somebody else. And our calling is to love one another. Absolutely. And we're at a point in this world where we can't do that because if you don't believe what I believe, then you're wrong and I'm right, and we can't hang out with each other. Yep. And that's stupid. Yep. I I love being around you because you're Julian. Yep. I know we give you a hard time and call you millennial. But, always. always. But, <laughs> that's okay. But that's what I say. Like one of my best friend's daughter, completely polar opposite views. I love her more than anything. And I love to be around her. And I love to feed off of her. And you know what I'm saying? And we, we, you should be, that's tolerance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's truly being open-minded and loving people even when they don't yes. have the same views as you. I went to dinner recently uh, with um, some of my dad's friends. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the people that was there at dinner had said, you know, I don't judge people talking about like abortion, talking about religion. I don't judge people, this and that. And then she goes, just because um, just because they're misguided doesn't mean 
I won't or I'll be mean to them or I won't talk to them. And in my I didn't say anything. Right. But in my mind I was thinking like, why do you believe that they're misguided just because they believe something different? Because if you grew up where they grew up, you would believe what they believe. Right. You just cause you got shit out on a different piece of land right. makes whatever you believe correct. Right. That I was I mean I didn't say anything, but it was just something where I was just like, why does their belief make them misguided? Right. Well, and I think too and that, you know, all of that is so touchy is that people, because my beliefs have changed over time. So that, I think that helps me a little bit knowing mm-hmm. that um, if my beliefs can change, other people can, that you evolve, right? Absolutely. Um, and I think that we have to be, go into things like, I'm not here to change your mind. You're never going to change anyone's mind. Unless they want to change their own mind. Unless they want to change their own mind. Yep. And we see things on a different level, not because it's right or wrong, but just because of our experiences in life. And I'm not going to judge you. You don't judge me. Like, Mm -hmm. we could just have an intelligent conversation. If we can't have the intelligent conversation, then quit having the damn conversation. Yep. Because, again, you're not going to change my mind and I'm not going to change yours. Yep. We just need to share ideas. Yes. And people need to be able to be open to ideas. Yes. And, and, and not to go there right now, but like I don't try to change people's mind on abortion. The way I see it is I'm not going to try to change your mind, but what can I do to prevent getting a girl in that position in the yes. first place? Mm-hmm. And that's where I focus on. That's good. So I can't tell a girl to get an abortion or not to get an abortion, but if there's something I can do to prevent her from getting her... Pregnant? Pregnant or just in that position. Yeah. Um, then that's what I'm going to do. And so I mentor teen moms Mm. because they have the highest rate of getting pregnant again and having abortions because they can't handle a second child. Ah. So that's how I do that. So, but that was an easy way for me to get back because I was a teen mom. Uh, Do you know what I'm saying? So anyway, that's kind of how I look at things instead of like, let's quit fighting here. How can we prevent it to begin with? And if uh-huh. we spent the energy we spent fighting doing something to prevent, maybe we'd get further. Yeah. Something, too, that is very um, fascinating to me is there are people who aren't even involved. There are things that don't even, don't even involve certain people, but they have beliefs on them. Mm-hmm. And they, like, dig their heels and stuff. It doesn't even involve you. So, like, why are you trying to press an issue that... You have no part in, mm-hmm. you know? It's hard. Yeah. I think uh, I think this is a solid <laughs> podcast. I mean, I think we've done just about an hour. And we have a lot to talk about. Oh, we have so much more to talk about. Mm-hmm. But we'll definitely do more. Yes. I appreciate you showing Thank up. You. I appreciate we you coming. We finally did it. Yes. So we have to just get it on the schedule again before yes. we leave here. The first of many. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to do podcasts with a lot of other people too. Yes. This is the start. You've helped me with the start. And I'm going to look back. It's not, it's not if I look back. It's, it's I'm going to look back yes. and I'm going to say lead to the first podcast yes. with me and jump started this. Yes. So thank you. So we'll have to ask one more question. Go for What's it. What's your goal with this? Nothing. Nothing. I just, okay, my main goal, I, I don't, I'm not seeing it as like, I want to become rich podcasting. Right. I want to, no. I want to be able to talk to as many people as I can who I find interesting Mm -hmm. because talking to different people and sharing ideas allows me to find out who I am, Mm -hmm. um, figure out what is available out there in the world, 
um, figure out the different ideas and ways and cultures that people have grew up in. Mm -hmm. And it allows me to shape the way I see the world. And I want to as well look back and work on the way I communicate. So I want to look back on these podcasts. I want to think about how I reacted if I ever got emotional. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that one of the most important things that I can learn is just how to communicate with others. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the goal is just to learn how to communicate and learn how to have a better understanding of what's out there and be less judgmental, you know, all of that. Yeah. So it's like learning, the more I learn, the less judgmental I become. Right. Because the more I know, the more I understand, I don't know shit, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. so it's like, how, how, how can I judge somebody for something I don't know? Right. Very good. I guess that's the goal. Very good. I just wanted you to state it so it was on this first one. Heck yeah. <laughs> Thank you for asking. That's a wrap.